Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We're back here on the first team. I'm Joe DeLeone, joined by former NFL and college QB founder of the Sims Complete QB, Matt Sims. Also joining us, NFL draft and Irish breakdown recruiting analyst, Ryan Roberts. Today, we are going to be diving deep on some more newcomers. So last show, Matt and I broke down three quarterbacks that could be highly impactful as true freshmen. And now today, we're going to be talking about players from the 2023 recruiting class that could be Highly, highly impactful freshman. A lot of SEC guys that we're going to be talking about today, which is no surprise because this conference recruits so well and also gets a lot of really good freshmen that come in and out of it. I'm going to start us off here with Ryan, who missed us last week, was not here for the quarterback discussion. Uh, and I know that this is a conversation that he was excited for. This is one that fits his his perfect um, – I'm trying to think of what best way to describe it. You're, it's the perfect topic for you because you love the nitty-gritty – of college football and all these tidbits on guys. Let's go with the first guy that we're, we're very familiar with, with Keon Keeley, the Alabama edge rusher. I wasn't sure by that intro if you were trying to do a jab no, at me or if you were that's not a nice. Brian, and Ryan, we've done a show together for three years that's not a jab. I do the show with you because you've got the most ridiculous knowledge on some of these guys. So oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Keon Keeley. You're so sweet. For a North Jersey guy, you are just so sweet, man. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. Keon Keeley. California's wearing off on Joe. That's what's happening I'm right getting, now. I'm getting okay. too nice. Keon yeah. <laughs> Keeley, who in my opinion, is the best player in the 2024 recruiting class. And what, uh, what, I'm sorry, 2023 recruiting class. Sorry, guys. I'm a recruiting analyst. Yeah. I'm already on yeah, 2024, no 2025 right now. The best player in the 2023 recruiting class, in my opinion, of course, was committed to the University of Notre Dame, eventually opted to decommit and ended up at the University of Alabama, Got a chance to get to know Keon decently well, and then also got to see him down in San Antonio in person for the All-American Bowl. And, I mean, guys, I mean, honestly, like, this is one of those kids where if people ever ask, and I know we're talking about high school kids and not college kids for a second, but why is the eye test so important in scouting? It's because you see Keon Keeley in person, you're like, yep, that's a guy. Like, he's really good, man. 6'6". 242 pounds listed on the roster as a true freshman for Alabama. He's got length. He's got nuance. He's got explosiveness. He's got flexibility. Kid's just really good. And luckily, he's going into a situation where Alabama just lost Will Anderson, right? Like they got Dallas Turner coming back. Chris Braswell is a decent older player, but they have a need for some young, impactful pass rushers. And that's what Keon Kelly brings to the table. So I think pound for pound, not even pound for pound, just in general, best football player in the 2023 recruiting class out of Tampa Bay, Berkeley Prep down in Florida. He is a really incredible pass rusher. I think this kid is a future top 10 pick when all is said and done. Like he's got yeah. that type of upside. He's going to be really good for Bama even as a freshman. Yeah, we did a lot on Keon Keeley. We talked a lot about him on this show uh, when we were a little bit more recruiting focused and it's stupidly talented, like guys just don't come out this developed uh, physically, technically, all those things. And 
it's going to be a common theme today. We're going to be talking about a lot of Alabama guys because, frankly, they need some refilling. And it's unusual in a way that true freshmen make this early of an impact. It's almost usually redshirt freshmen, guys that get a chance to develop. But they have the benefit of getting guys like Keon Keeley that are ready to step in right away. He doesn't need to sit a year. He's one of those guys that just get him onto the field, get him on the field immediately, and he's going to make an impact. Matt, your first guy I think fits that description of just get this dude on the field with Nicholas Harbor. Nicholas Harbor, man, of South Carolina. I mean, everything that you have read and heard so far, I mean, there is nothing but rave reviews right now coming out of South Carolina, and rightfully rightfully so. The six foot five, 230-pound receiver is just really doing a great job of impressing South Carolina's coaching staff. They can't believe the, the toughness and the attitude that he's been displaying so far early on in camp, which is always a great sign, especially for young guys that are adapting to that new, you know, Division One lifestyle and the grittiness and how tough it is. It's really uh, refreshing to hear that, you know, Coach Beamer has really found uh, a fantastic football player and probably one of the most talented guys, you know, on the sheet probably since Jadavian Clowney and, and that recruit way back mm. for South Carolina. So it's kind of scary to think that that was kind of way back now that I think about it. But still, <laughs> uh, Nicholas Harbor, you know, from what you see, this is a guy that could have been qualified actually for the U.S. Uh, track and field 100 and 200 meter in the semifinals for the 100 meter and then for the finals for the 200 meter at 230 pounds. So I am just ecstatic to see what and how they use this fantastic athlete. Good for Spencer Rattler, too, to have such a big target like that. I can already see right now he's going to have that dominant red zone presence for South Carolina this year. Put him out there on that island, one-on-one. -on -one. Spencer, throw that football up there to our dog, and he's going to go and get it. Or I should say to our Gamecock. I shouldn't say dog, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but Nicholas Harbor, the reports are great. It sounds like he is taking to that college theme really well. He's having a good attitude. He's learning. Coaches are excited about him. And they're even more impressed by his physical athleticism in person, which is just phenomenal considering uh, what they saw in high school. His background's absurd, man. I remember the first – I forget if it was a YouTube video or if it was a article. It might have been The Athletic. I can't remember. But the, the tagline was, Nicholas Harbor, is he the next Calvin Johnson, Kyle mm. Pitts, or Miles Garrett. To, and I've heard someone mention Julio Jones too, which is like, mm. man, what a compliment. Yeah, all those it, guys. It, it's absurd, man, because th this is – I don't like to be hyperbolic with things, but this is the greatest high school athlete I've ever seen in my life. I mean, 6'5", 220-plus mm. pounds, 10, 200-meter, sub-21 in the 200. It's freaky stuff, man. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Literally, he could have been a wide receiver, tight end, defensive end or linebacker in college. He could have played any of those positions. I actually wanted to see him play defensive end because he had 17 yeah. sacks as a junior. I had no idea what he was doing. He was just faster and stronger <laughs> yeah. than everybody else on the football field. But obviously, Coach Beamer and that team, they want to see what he looks like on the offensive side of the ball. And I get it. 6'5", 230 plus, probably runs in the four threes right now. Like, sure, let's get him the football. I'm, I'm good with that, right? So I'm interested, though, I will say this, even past freshman year impact of Nicholas Harbor, I'm interested to see if he becomes one of those guys where it's like you're an offensive player, but like on obvious passing situations, maybe we'll throw you in there to get another pass rush to do some extra mm. stuff, like some Greg Hardy type of work when he was yeah. at Ole Miss early on in his career. So I'm interested to see what the projection 
the trajectory of this guy is because he could be as good as he wants to be. He could be as good as the support around him. The best athlete of, of a high school player that I've ever seen coming out. I mean, again, no hyperbole involved. And I think you make a great point, too, because we have to keep in mind, too, that this young man is only 17, 18 years old. And the fact that he's 6'5", 230 pounds already, you know, he, he's not going to be 230 four years from now or two years from now. You know, it, he's going to continue to grow and mature. So that's where the development of him as a football player will be very interesting to see. But still a home run for the Gamecocks and, and able to get a player like this on the field. Yeah, and it's almost uh, you brought up a point that I was going to bring up, Ryan, that it's it's like a reverse Greg Hardy where I, I, I thought that, that he was going to be primarily an edge rusher because like you look at him just standing up, he looks like an edge rusher. But him making that transition to primarily being a receiver, they need as much help as they can get. And he could be the most productive freshman receiver in the country, not just because he's a freakish athlete. He's a little raw. He does need to work on some things, but he is – probably one of the best guys on that roster right now besides Juice Wells. They, they need a boost, and he could put up some really unexpected numbers if everything goes according to plan for Nicholas Harbour. My Antoine, first player. Antoine Juice Wells, who is a former. Former JMU. AMU, baby. Yeah, James yeah. Madison, that's right. Did you see the stupid thing that I've <laughs> tweeted, by the way, that there's a recruit no. named James Madison the second, yeah. and he is committed to Missouri? Like, I that is the that. most disappointing thing I saw this week. <laughs> um, to stay on topic, because we always love to get off topic, uh, a yeah. player that has to be brought up as one of the most talented players at his position to maybe ever come out, Caleb Downs, man, is just a yeah. freaky, freaky defensive back to watch. And we talked about him on the show. He's instinctive. He is explosive. He is somebody who can make plays all over the field. And who better to be coaching him than one of the greatest, if not the great? Actually, I'm sorry. I'm being a, a jackass by not saying the greatest defensive back coach in college football history for his development of some of these guys that we've seen come through Bama. That being, of course, Nick Saban, Caleb Downs. Man, they're going to probably have so much fun and creativity. This could be that next Minka Fitzpatrick that just has an early, immediate dominant impact for Alabama. And as we said a second ago with Keon Keeley, they have some holes. They're losing some guys that are going to to the NFL. Jordan Battle, Brian Branch are gone. And a guy like Caleb Downs is primed and set up for a perfect position to be a freshman All-American. And hell, look, I'm going to go as far as say, I wouldn't be shocked if Caleb Downs isn't a guy that's not an All-SEC player, like as an honorable mention or a second team type player because he's that good and he's set up in a position to succeed. I mean, he's already listed as a starter, and <laughs> fall's not even over yet, right? Fall camp is not even over. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I said Keon Keeley was number one player in the 2023 class, in my opinion. Caleb Downs is number two. I, I truly think that Alabama got the top two players in this class. That kid, for people that mm. are NFL draft fans or ACC fans, I guess in general, Joshua Downs, who played wide receiver at North Carolina over the last couple of years, was a third round draft pick this past year for Indianapolis Colts, was drafted way too low, in my opinion, by the way. I thought Joshua Downs was a fantastic player. But he was one of your top five receivers this year, wasn't he? I loved him, man. I think he was like three or four. I was yeah. really high on Joshua Downs. I think he was really good in Indianapolis. But, Matt, like, it's not often that the younger brother can look at a kid, an older brother who just went in the third round of an NFL draft who was an all-AC receiver and be like, I'm more talented than you. And that's exactly mm. – what Caleb Downs can do, man. He is six foot, 206 pounds today. Explosive, athletic, 
really smooth. I mean, he has an advanced understanding of what's happening in front of him, which shouldn't be a surprise because his dad, Gary Downs, was also a really good college football player and is now an assistant in on, in college football on the – I think he was on the FCS level. He might be on the FBS level now. His brother is playing in the NFL now. So it should be no surprise that Caleb Downs, who comes from an, a football family, is a really smart football player. Like Usually mm-hmm. how that happens – but, man, he has an instinct that is well beyond his years. He is tremendous. Mm. I think that he's going to be a – I'll give you one, Joe. I think he'll have a similar impact to what Eric Berry had at Tennessee his freshman Ooh. year. When he came in, Wow, he was a dude. <sighs> like, he was a freshman All-American. I'm pretty sure he was a first-team All-SEC. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, man, that points on the helmet, baby. Let's go, baby. I, <laughs> I would not be shocked if he has an Eric Berry-esque impact as a freshman. I think Caleb Downs is that good. It, it, am I being stupid? Was there a crossover? crossover? No, no, no. Beric Berry was way before you, Matt, right? No, am actually, I- we were we were teammates together on the U.S. Army All-American game. Um, okay. I just decided to go to Louisville at the time and then smoke too much weed and then have to go to junior college. I eventually <laughs> got to Tennessee, but he had already left for the NFL. Oh, but I okay. eventually got okay. there, yeah. He was that's, a dude, man. He was a dude. <laughs> he was yeah. a dude, and he was that dude in that All-Star game, too. I remember I threw, like, a scene pass, and I was like, oh, great throw. And he and Major Wright. Mm. Him and Major Wright were taking dudes' heads off in seven on seven. I was like, whoa, they're different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I but used, it was awesome. I used to love those gator safeties, man. Major Wright, and then they had uh, Matt Elam right after that, too. Yeah. Man. Those guys were That's dogs, right. man. They were, dogs. they were dogs. Fantastic football players. But man, what what a comment right there by Joe. And you know, if there is someone actually that can live up to that comment, I think it is Caleb Downs, just because of what you said, Ryan. The mm. pedigree and all those things are a real thing. It is important. Um, you know, even for someone like me, I mean, growing up in an environment the way that I did, you know, there was definitely some advantages that I had just being around, you know, guys that played the position before me. And uh, even though I went out of my way to try to mess up the lessons that they taught me, I still was able to see, succeed a pretty good amount. And, you know, with Caleb Downs being with Nick Saban, I mean, that is just a match made in heaven. And it's just gonna be so excited to see a Nick Saban defense that just seems to have that, that youthful, energized uh, approach, you know, this year, which mm. I feel like we've kind of been missing the past few seasons. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's crazy to watch guys like him, especially with the background that, that Downs has. Um, next player, we've got two USC offensive players. It's shocking. I know. So, so shocking <laughs> that we're talking about uh, two USC guys, but the first one is one that Ryan picked, Zachariah Branch, who I, I, I'm almost a little wary about picking the USC receivers because it's just such a deep room. But uh, the two guys that we selected, if somebody breaks through, it would be one of these two guys. But why do you think Zachariah Branch could have a, a big year, Ryan? Well, I, I think that one, Lincoln Riley has historically played a lot of receivers and given them opportunities to play, right? And I think also you lost a couple of receivers from this past year. You lose Jordan Addison. You lost Kyle Ford. I know that Dorian Singer comes in, but I'm not – fully on the wave of Dorian Singer is going to come in and just be the number one de facto from day one. And I also believe Zachariah Branch is a different type of receiver than what they have on their roster. He's kind of that lightning bug, make you look stupid in space, also return mm. punts. I think at worst, it's going to be a part-time contributor as a receiver, but a dynamic punt returner from day one. I really do. I mean, this kid is – you told me he ran 4-3 flat. At when he comes out of college, I'd be like, yep, sounds about right. It's really damn fast, you know? Fast, explosive. 
close and quick, makes guys look silly. I mean, he can make guys miss in very tight quarters. Big fan of Zachariah Branch. I think that Lincoln Riley, although I struggle with him at times just because of his unwillingness to maybe upgrade the defensive coordinator position, he is a great offensive mind. He knows how to scheme mm-hmm. guys open. He knows how to create big plays. And Zachariah Branch is a big play waiting to happen every time he touches the football. Totally agree. And honestly, I would have taken Zachariah Branch as well uh, until you actually put it on the list. And then I was like, all right, I have to switch and do something else just for the entertainment of the show. But uh, <laughs> he was definitely going to be the first one that I was going to go with just because, again, you know, the, the reviews right now of him at camp have been extremely high. They love what he's yeah. been able to do. They love his versatility, too, as a football player like Ryan just expressed. I think he's a guy, too, that potentially could be, you know, integrated into football games very similar like uh, McCole Harbin was for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm, you know, a lot cool. of just, you know, gadget plays, speed sweeps, things like that where it's like, all right, he might not have the catches, but he will have a way of finding an impact and making explosive plays for this offense. So I love that pick. Yeah, and Riley's a unique enough decision maker where, yes, he's got, you know, the Mario Williamses, he's got Dorian Singer coming in, but – Branch is a different body, as we're talking about. And Deuce Robinson's an even more different body who is coming in as a tight end, might actually just end up being moved over and playing some receiver, former baseball prospect as well. He was your pick, uh, Matt. Why do you uh, why are you high on Deuce Robinson to have a, a big first year in the Pac-12? Well, first and last year in the Pac-12 for, <laughs> for USC. Yeah, well, I think that just like his ability to feed off of the other playmakers on that offense that Lincoln has now with guys like Zachariah Branch that will be able to stretch the field both vertically and horizontally, I think Mm. really his size is going to be very advantageous for that offense. You know, him being 6'6", being that tall presence in the red zone, very similar to the Nicholas Harbor, you know, position. I just think that his ability to be able to create separation with his size and ability, his length, that'll give him a tremendous advantage and in, in just matchups versus safeties and versus linebackers. He's going to win with speed versus mo- most outside linebackers, and he's also going to win with size versus smaller nickels and smaller safeties. So I feel like just matchup-wise, he's going to be a guy that we thought ran pretty damn good routes for a guy out of high school, You know, yeah. still being a young football player. We were impressed with his route running. We were impressed with his ability to catch the football aggressively and high point it. And we also love the fact that he was a very good uh, person of just being able to create yak yards for himself after the catch. So I feel like, again, with Zachariah Branch, right, the reasons why we like that Lincoln-Riley offense and all that, Deuce will fit into that. He will find a role. Now, I don't know how much he's actually going to get early on in his career as a freshman, but I do think that there will be enough of a way to get him into that offense to take advantage of his natural skill set. And, I mean, you know, hey, dude's dude's an All-American in baseball and in football. So he clearly has just unbelievable hand-eye coordination and, and that's why I think he's going to have a phenomenal year this year. Well, I said Zachariah Branch brings something to USC that they don't have enough of. They also don't have any of 6'6", 225 pounds. Right. <laughs> they just don't have right. that. I mean, no. Brand, Brandon Rice, the son of Jerry Rice, is like 6'3", 210. Like he's a bigger body, right? But there's nobody yeah. that looks like Deuce. And apparently one of the big reasons that Deuce picked USC was because most schools want him as a tight end, but USC's pitch was to use him as a pass catcher as a receiver. So I think he's going to be a mismatch weapon. He's going to be one of those guys that there's going to be a lot of plays this year. I don't know how many there will be, but there's going to be a lot of plays this year when he gets opportunities. You're going to be like, that's stupid. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, that shouldn't be allowed. That's just not 
it doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, 6'6", 225, he could be a big slot. They actually listed as a Z receiver, which is kind of interesting. So they're getting him off it the is. line of scrimmage and moving him yeah, around yeah. a little bit, I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, he, he is a mismatch weapon making waiting to happen. Sort of like how Zachariah Branch is, but just the complete opposite. Like they are polar opposite mm-hmm. of players, but it can both work as a mismatch in different ways. And I see them too kind of taking advantage of Deuce as well in ways where you can use him as a coverage identifier. You know, start him in the backfield, motion him out. Linebacker goes out there. All right, it's man coverage. We're going Deuce one-on-one versus linebacker all day, right? Get him out there. Eh, it's a corner. All right, hey, it's zone. It's this look. It's this look. So I feel like, you know, Caleb Williams would be able to use guys like Deuce and their physical attributes as a way of, of really understanding what the defense is doing and allowing them to really find their mismatches even more clearly than they did a year ago. Yeah. Joe, you know how usually guys that are backups usually are kind of like the same size profile? I like usually a <laughs> receiver might be like 6'2", 210, 215 as well. <laughs> well, it's really funny because Dorian Singer's list is the starting Z. He's six foot 180, and then his backup <laughs> is 6'6", 225. Like just absolutely hysterical to me. Absolutely hysterical. It's almost like you're trying to like sneak him on there, and it's like, wait a minute, something's not right here. He's, <laughs> he, he's, cl- he's basically a tight end, though, the, the, the way that he's built and the way that he plays the position. And I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't a guy that – Maybe he doesn't have like crazy yardage production, but you're like, wait, he had seven touchdowns? Like, so, like some random like red yeah. zone, big red zone number because he's just in that red area sub package, the group of guys that they want on the field to create those mismatches. Lastly, before we come up on time, my last guy I want to bring up, we have to get an offensive lineman in there. And I think that the one who I think will make the yeah. most clear early impact is Caden Proctor, the Alabama offensive lineman. Formerly was going to go to uh, to Iowa, who has produced some really good offensive linemen, but he's getting a chance here to step in and start right away for the Crimson Tide. And they had a bit of a down year on their offensive line. You know, it wasn't the, the same group that we're used to seeing. A lot of inconsistencies at various spots on that O-line. J.C. Latham has a lot of potential and is apparently going to be playing that right tackle spot this year. And it looks like Caden Proctor might be plugging in at guard. And I know that this is a tall, long, explosive athlete, but all of that 350 pounds is going to be paving so many rushing lanes for this very talented group, including another freshman in Justin Haynes, Justice Haynes. This group, though, this offensive line is going to be great, I think, this year. And it all is going to come down to the fact that they can rely on a freshman in Caden Proctor who's just not built like your typical incoming freshman liner lineman. He is ready to go right now. He looks like an NFL offensive lineman. I saw him down in San Antonio for the All-American Bowl, and my guy's got cankles, but like not the bad cankles. The cankles is in like he's got muscular cankles. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just absolutely insane, man. This guy. It's like a thigh. Him. It's like a thigh on his It is like a dude, literally like his ankles so are probably good. bigger than my thighs, man. Like it is absolutely insane. Like this dude is he's built to be an offensive lineman. There's no surprise that he's from Iowa. He's like a big country boy, and he's just what a big get for Alabama down the stretch, man. He was recruit- he was committed to Iowa for some time, and being able to flip him down the stretch, five star, uh, it's a big get for them. And I, I hope uh, none of your LSU friends are listening to this joke. You just picked two Alabama. Shut up! Oh my God, Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! You're the worst. <laughs> I mean, I think it plays into my theme though that there's going to be a lot of young freshmen that are playing for Alabama. This is not something that we're used to. And we talked a lot about these these freshmen for the Crimson Tide. High expectations for this group. And that's going to be it, though, for us on today's show. Next week, 
guys, we've got football. We've got football is going to be the first week that we're going to be leading into a game week. It is just, are you putting the helmet on? Are you going to, oh, I thought you were going to put that on. I was fully ready for, for Matt to put that I don't know that, yes, let's go! Football's <laughs> back! Let's go! At Joe DeLeon, at Sips Complete QB, at Rising Draft. Hit that subscribe button. Don't miss out when the season kicks off because we have so much amazing content that is going to be coming your way. Folks, thank you for tuning in. This was the first team. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.